You can do Christmas on Zoom. It's not the same as doing Christmas family dinner. And I think there's similar aspects up here. This legislative session has been weird. I know that we've said that a lot, but it's still weird. We're still living during this pandemic. And because of that, there's been masks and plexiglass and lots of virtual committee hearings. But even with all that, we've made it to the end. I'm Emily Means. And I'm Sonia Hudson. This is 45 Days. Every week, we try to shed some light on one big issue at the Utah legislature. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, just about a day before the legislative session ends. And there's going to be a lot that changes from the time we record to when the episode comes out. And probably even more will change by the time you listen to this episode. So instead of giving you out-of-date information, we're going to save our session recap episode for early next week. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, we're dedicating this episode to talking about how on earth you legislate during a pandemic and what the workarounds have meant for public participation, lobbyists, and the media. Sonia, you and I have both been covering the legislative session pretty much entirely from the comfort of our own homes. We've been live streaming hearings. We've been watching floor time over the interwebs. We've been doing interviews over Zoom. But you actually went out into the world this past week (laughs) to visit the Capitol and talk to people who've been there the whole time. I put on professional clothes, which I never, ever do anymore. Was it nice to see the sun? It was so nice. I was like around other people. Amazing. When I got up to Capitol Hill, you know, most lawmakers and staff are up there. There's some lobbyists, some members of the public, some members of the press. It was really nice to see my Capitol Hill reporting friends. And this was only the second time that I had been up to Capitol Hill this session. The first time was to track down a lawmaker that was being a little slippery and I couldn't quite schedule for an interview. And while I was up there, I did a walk around the Capitol with someone who actually has been up there pretty much every single day this session. And that is Ben Winslow. He's a reporter with Fox 13. Ben has to be up there because there's no way for him to get high definition video that he needs for TV broadcast without bringing a photographer up to Capitol Hill. Plus, he does live shots and all that fun stuff up there. I will say it was kind of funny getting a tour of a place that I have spent so much time, but I did in some ways kind of need a tour because things are really different. We started off our walk around the Capitol during morning floor time. We met outside the House chamber, both wearing masks. And just to give you a visual, we're standing outside the House chamber. There are these big, fancy wooden doors uh, that go into where the lawmakers sit and debate and vote on bills. And then behind you, you've got this big marbled rotunda, some grand staircases. It all feels very grand and important. Normally about this time of the session, this would be almost impassable. You would be stuffed with lobbyists, field trips, advocacy groups, lawmakers running out between votes to talk to somebody for 30 quality seconds. And right now, as you can see, it's, <laughs> it's pretty empty. Sonia, where did you go next? 
Next up was Senate media availability. And that's when Senate leadership takes some time to talk to reporters and it happens after they're done debating bills on the floor for the morning and before they come back in the afternoon. And this is the one time that you're actually allowed in the Senate chamber. You walk through it into this big lounge type room in the back where Senate leadership is and they take questions from a few reporters. So they've been having it in person, but there's also an online option, which I appreciate because that is where you can usually find me. Are there questions online? I see Emily and Brian and after Senate media availability, it's around lunchtime. So Ben and I went to the place that used to be the cafeteria, the room formerly known as the cafeteria. The, the whole COVID thing changed everything up here. And this is the place where lobbyists, advocates, everybody, occasionally lawmakers would come in. And this was sort of the demilitarized zone where everybody would grab something to eat. Tater tots were always on the menu. And it seems to be everyone's favorite. <laughs> you have to have tater tots up yeah. here. It's it was just it was the area where you could find people and, you know, you could always kind of get the pulse of the legislature. And obviously with COVID, you couldn't do that. They needed that space to make bigger committee rooms in order to accommodate social distancing. So they're pretty big. There's chairs spaced out six feet apart. So what you've got is these drywalled uh, dais that they just made by slapping it together. There are chairs that are obviously six feet apart from each other. Uh, limited occupancy. I think this one is, uh, it says right there, uh, COVID public capacity 18. So only 18 people, members of the public can be in a room at a time. And there are signs like that actually all over the Capitol for different rooms, even the elevator, which has a COVID capacity of just one. All right, Sonia, what was your last stop on this tour? Did you exit through the gift shop? <laughs> no, we exited through the press room. That was our last stop. The press room is down in the basement. It looks pretty much the same as it did last year, just less people, obviously. And I will say maybe it it even looks a little bit like it did several decades ago. There's a lot of like weird artifacts down there. I found a phone book from I think it's like 99 to 2000. There's also a desktop computer that's one of those really bright blue Macs back when that was all the rage to have like neon computers. Anyway, so Ben and I went and we sat down at KUER's desks that are designated for us in the press room with our masks on. And we chatted about what the session's been like for him up here while me and you, Emily, have been hunched over our computers at home. How do you feel being one of the only people up here every single day? It just feels weird. It really <laughs> does. Because you do worry about your health. I worry about getting it. I worry about giving it. And I think, you know, some people obviously are feeling a lot more comfortable with how things are working and then others are not. And you even see that in how lawmakers behave on the floor. You know, some are very much like I, I've got the plexiglass barrier up and I've got my mask on all the time. Others take it off to speak. It's just kind of a, I think, a microcosm of the rest of society at large and how everybody feels about COVID. Ben, you've been covering Capitol Hill for, is it eight legislative sessions now? I think eight, yeah. It's, right. it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been a long time. We know that much. But this year is obviously unlike all of the other years you've spent up here. What are some of the big changes? Everything is different and it is truly weird. I mean, the physical distancing, the 
masks everywhere, just the lack of people in the building. I mean, when you think about when the session began, it, the building wasn't even open to the public. They were concerned after the Capitol riot. They were concerned about that. They were concerned about COVID spread in the building and this becoming the super spreader event of 2021. So everything was just different. There's just nobody around. And that's that's been the most, I think, jarring thing. Uh, we don't have protests up here. I remember last year, there were thousands of people pushing for education funding. Now it's like, that's the last thing you want is people in a room or in a building, you know, crowded together. Walk me through the ways that your typical day is different than it was last year when we were all up here doing crazy stuff like shaking other people's hands until, of course, House Speaker Brad Wilson <laughs> declared the whole house a handshake-free zone. But walk me through a typical day this year and the ways that it's different. Typically, like in the House chamber, you could go into an area, press had access to an area called the North Hall, and you could catch lawmakers as they were coming from committee hearings onto the House floor. You could walk onto the House floor and say, hey, I got a question about this bill that you filed. You know, tell me a little bit about it. Or lawmakers would come up to you and say, hey, I got this bill I would love some attention for. And you would do a quick interview with them. Now you have to do a lot more work. You have to do almost 30 minutes of work for 30 quality seconds with a lawmaker. Also, advocates and different groups and, and people are not up here. So it's more difficult to get reaction to legislation. I mean, you have to put more effort into even just getting lunch. The cafeteria is gone. So you, you rely on, ooh, is the food truck here today? Or you just uh, bring your own or sometimes nibble on a humble granola bar between committee hearings. So everything is just different and it reminds you what we've lost in the last year with COVID, mm -hmm. just the, the general human interactions. How has it affected public participation in the process? Are there pros and cons there? Oh, very much so. The pros are the House and Senate pivoted to allowing online public comment where people uh, can register and speak to an issue. And the Senate president has said that participation is up. And that's a really good thing because people can stay at home in their pajamas in St. George and comment on a bill and save themselves a four hour drive to the Capitol, finding parking, making your way through everything. But the cons are is you do lose a lot in Zoom meetings when you don't have that face to face contact. I think lawmakers also getting a ton of texts and emails may not necessarily translate to public sentiment. Because anybody can really launch a, a spam campaign on something, you know, but is that really a sense when you have people physically outside the chamber who want to talk to you about a bill that they really care about? It's harder to get a sense of like where the public stands. Yeah. But I think one of the things that's going to stick around is the online public comment portion of this. They'll probably do a mix in the future of anybody in the room want to speak to this bill and then anybody online want to speak to this bill. Besides online public comment, are there other lessons that you think the legislature has learned through this very unprecedented session? If I'm allowed to say that word anymore, <laughs> or I don't, know, I don't know, I don't know if we've over, I don't know if we've overused it. I think we might have. But are there lessons that the legislature's learned that can be carried into future sessions? One thing I've noticed, and and this is a personal observation, is. I haven't gotten sick yet, knock on wood. That's good. Um, I'm glad to hear I it. And I think that washing your hands more, like not transmitting bugs, because there's every year there was the capital funk mm -hmm. that would go around and everybody would get it. 
I think that a, one thing that stuck around is, is you can avoid getting sick if you wash your hands or don't necessarily shake hands. There's some advantages to that. <laughs> All right. Public health lessons from Ben Winslow, reporter at Fox 13. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Okay, we've heard a lot from journalists, what it's been like for us to cover the session, what it's been like for Ben Winslow. What about lobbyists? I talked to Marina Lowe. She's a lobbyist from the ACLU about this very question. She has opted, just like us, to mainly participate in the session from home, except for a few times when she's come up to the Capitol to testify during a committee meeting in person. She says that she's done that because, you know, it has slightly more impact than commenting through Zoom because you can make eye contact with lawmakers and also just kind of have more of a presence of physically being in their space. She says the drawbacks, though, of being mostly virtual is that you can't have those casual conversations with lawmakers and other lobbyists in the hallways or in the cafeteria. There's just so much that's sort of intangible and um, so much of lobbying is about relationships. And so trying to make relationships when your only method of doing so is across a computer screen, it's really, really tough. And so that's the big picture for me, I guess, is that I'm glad this is temporary. I hope it's temporary. Marina's been doing this for over 10 years. So she has some really good relationships that already existed to fall back on with lawmakers and other lobbyists. But she does say, you know, it's harder to form those relationships with freshman lawmakers. And last year was an election year, so we've got quite a few of them up on the Hill. She also really feels for lobbyists who are new at this, who don't have those pre-existing relationships to fall back on. There are, of course, some workarounds that's been like the theme of the last year. She says, you know, they have Slack channels and standing Zoom meetings, and sometimes those turn into kind of a virtual cafeteria at lunchtime. We're finding new ways to accomplish those same traditions and things that we've always done, but there are no tater tots. Wow, y'all really like those tater tots, that's for sure. They're so good. (laughs) All right, Sonia, what about lawmakers? Most of them have been participating in person, even though they have the option to join virtually. And I mean, they did like a whole special session virtually. So why are people choosing to actually go to the Capitol for work? Well, I can't speak for all lawmakers, but I did ask Republican Senator Todd Weiler about this in the hallway. He actually did spend a little while legislating from home because he was diagnosed with COVID during the beginning of the session. He said the process legislating from home just isn't the same as being there in person. You want to be able to lean over to the guy next to you and say, will you support this? There's, I think people understand just like you could do Christmas on Zoom is not the same as doing Christmas family dinner. And I, I think it's there's similar aspects up here. It's easy to collaborate, but, um, you know, it's just fun. We, we actually like each other up here, even Republicans and Democrats. We're kind of like a big family. You know, if you're used to working in an office and there's kind of a rumor going around, if you're at home, you might be in the meeting, but you're not hearing the rumor unless somebody texts you. So I think there's a little bit of the fear of missing out. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's all it's all part of human nature, I think. Weiler also said that he really likes that virtual public comment process. It seems like everyone that I've talked to about this really likes it and hopes that it stays. 
Senate President Stuart Adams has actually said that they plan to, at least in the Senate, keep that ability to comment virtually. Well, I think it's been a huge relief that there hasn't been a huge COVID outbreak at the legislature. You mentioned Senator Weiler got COVID, but mask wearing has really been hit or miss for lawmakers. And they are allowed to take them off when they address the floor or address a committee hearing. But I've seen people criticize them for that, you know, not wearing their masks, even if they don't have to. So how has a big outbreak been prevented? There's a few things that the legislature has done that has kept there from being an outbreak, which I think people were kind of skeptical at first if that would be enough, but it seems like it's worked. They test lawmakers multiple times a week, and there's actually only been three total positive tests among lawmakers, staff, and interns, according to the Utah Department of Health. There was actually, though, a committee hearing early on that got shut down because members of the public weren't wearing masks. I remember that was like really surprising to everyone. Or was it a surprise? I don't know. I was surprised. I was watching that committee hearing and I was kind of like shocked that they would do that. Yeah, I think that just being up there the other day, I see the mask wearing much more among the public than I do among lawmakers on the floor. There were two lawmakers who tested positive right before the session started. Representative Kay Christofferson, you'll see, appear virtually when he's speaking to a bill, and he's actually on oxygen now. And Representative John Hawkins has been hospitalized throughout the entire session. He actually appeared on the House floor virtually this week from the ICU. The visual was really incredible. I mean, he had a tube in his nose. He was talking really slowly. You could tell that he really had trouble breathing, but he was just really happy to be able to join it all. Um, I wish I was there, uh, but I'm making progress and I'm supposed to get out of the ICU tomorrow to go to a long-term care facility to learn how to walk and swallow and do all those basic things that we take for granted. So I miss you guys and uh, I look forward to seeing you all soon. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. We're thinking good thoughts for Representative Hawkins and Representative Christofferson that they'll have a full recovery. and. That really underscores, I think, why all these measures that we've been taking, you know, certain lawmakers more so than others, but it really underscores why they're so necessary and that this is a real disease that is having really big impacts on people's health. Emily, tell us what lawmakers got up to this week. All right. Number one, the Inland Port is back at the legislature. It pops up every single year since 2018. And this year, there is a bill that came up just last week. It would create a bank to distribute $75 million in loans for Inland Port infrastructure throughout the state. And this is really to target rural areas of Utah where they want to develop satellite ports that stem off from the main inland port that will be in Salt Lake City. Number two, 
The legislature voted to repeal a big bail reform law that they passed just last year. The law required judges to release low-level offenders using the least restrictive conditions. So that's things like drug tests or ankle monitors. There's another bill that's still being considered by the legislature that creates a task force to study the issue of bail reform. And number three, the massive $2.2 billion infrastructure bill was cut by about half. So now it's just over $1 billion. That money will go to support roads and public transit projects throughout Utah over the next decade. And we'll have a full recap of laws passed, laws that failed, or that were just dead on arrival this legislative session during our episode next week. And we'll also revisit some of the topics and issues we've discussed over the course of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Emily and I are also hosting a virtual event next Tuesday night. That's March 9th. We're going to be talking about everything that went down this session and taking questions from you all about Utah politics. You can RSVP for that on 45days.org. That does it for this week on 45 Days. I'm Sonia Hudson. And I'm Emily Means. The show was edited by Caroline Ballard and produced by Roddy Nickport. Chelsea Naughton is our digital editor. Trisha Bobita is KUER's podcast manager. Our news director is Elaine Clark, and the station manager is Joel Meyer. 45 Days is a production of KUER. We also send out a newsletter every Monday that recaps the previous week in politics. You can sign up for that at 45days.org. That's the number 45days.org. Talk to you next week. I haven't had the the legislative tater tots before. You're missing out, dude. I got to put it on my list <laughs> for for post-pandemic activities. <laughs> like right up there with Visit Rome. From KUER.